Welcome to the two-man game. I'm your host, Landon Holland, and with you as always, my co-host, Xavier Rocha. What's up, Roach? What's going on, Dando? How you doing today? Doing good. It's I'm back in Indiana, and summer's starting, and we got some great playoff series going on. Uh, game 1's just recapped uh, these last two days. We have Milwaukee-Boston. Milwaukee got... Game one in Boston. Golden State got game one in Memphis. And then last night we had Miami take game one without Embiid. And then Phoenix last night took game one against Dallas at home. Um, is there any series that you want to start with to start this episode out of those four? I think we can just start with uh, Boston and my- Milwaukee and just go from there. Okay. Start from the first day. So... I'll give my initial thoughts on game one and just this series in general. Um, so I think everybody knows at this point that Chris Middleton will not be playing in the series. And a lot of people with that news out, I think, picked Boston to win this series. But, I mean, in my opinion, I think this series is going to probably go at least six and probably seven games. Um, I just think both of these teams are playing super high-level basketball, and then the Bucks just have the best player in the world right now. Um, game one, Giannis was just incredible, putting up 24, 13, and 12. Um, he was a plus 23 when he was on the court, and uh, even though he shot 9 of 25, he was just everywhere defensively, and then just his passing that game was on another level. Um, and then Drew Holiday, another great game, and Honestly, I think Drew Holiday and Giannis Antetokounmpo are two of the best defenders in the league right now. And then those two guys alongside Brooke Lopez as a rim protector, this team's just so hard to score on. And I think Boston coming off a series against Brooklyn where, I mean, Brooklyn's not a stellar defensive team. Just like having to adjust from Brooklyn's defense to Milwaukee's defense was a lot for them. And it showed them only being able to score 89 points and 19 points in the fourth quarter. I think Milwaukee's defense is just going to be a real struggle for Boston. But then on the other side, Boston's like one of the best defenses in the league as well. And I think once they settle into the series, it should be, I think we'll get six or seven competitive games. Um, Let me know your thoughts on everything I just said and what you think about this series. Yeah, I mean, despite Giannis's like bad shooting game, um, I think one thing that like is gonna benefit the Bucks more than it did the Nets is uh, Giannis's ability to like play make once he's he gets doubled, which is what the Celtics tried to do game one was kind of play him like KD and kind of just like throw bodies at him when he has the ball and when he's trying to score. But Giannis is just a way better playmaker than Kevin Durant, like seeing the defense before it comes and once it is there he's able to make the pass and kick it out so that's one thing they're gonna have to kind of like relook at when attacking this Bucks team like on the defensive side of the ball um and that was one of my biggest takeaways was just how good Giannis was and like despite not playing a good game quote-unquote um shooting wise like he was still able to be amazing defensively and then also just play make like incredibly and find shooters 
And then the Bucks role players also shot very well in this game, which benefited them a lot. Because um, when Giannis did find the man, they were hitting their shots and not clanking, clanking shots like a lot of Nets players were. Um, but yeah, I do think this game is, or this series is going to go six or seven, more, more than likely seven. Um, just because Tatum and Brown are too dynamic to kind of keep in check for like, like they're going to go get you games, those two alone. So just by like how dynamic they are on the offensive end. So yeah, this is, I think one of the most enjoyable series and one of the most interesting ones, definitely in the second round. So I'm excited for what's going to come. Yeah, and yep. Tatum and Brown both had poor shooting nights and just didn't look good. So if both of them start playing as they are used to playing, um, I think Boston will have a lot better chance of winning games down the stretch. But I think Milwaukee being able to win game one without Chris Middleton just shows how how insanely dominant uh, Giannis can be and how he can lead a team without like one of the better scoring guards in our league and Chris Middleton. And honestly, most people last year would have called Chris Middleton their closer as in the playoffs last year, he would end up like ISOing towards the end of the game and getting the bucks, uh, some buckets. So, I mean, I think if games come down the stretch, it's going to be interesting to see what Bootenholzer does. If he gives, the ball to Holiday or Giannis, but I think we could see some games down the stretch where the Bucks are really going to miss Middleton and this series. Yeah, definitely. Like once the games get closer, just because Middleton just has like many avenues to score the basketball, as like Giannis doesn't, and then Drew Holiday sometimes can be streaky. So I think that's what they're going to miss most about him is just like obviously having that main scoring option to close games and just throughout the game when Giannis can't be on the floor. Yeah, but enough enough can't be said about how how great the Bucks uh individual defenders are and just how dominant they can be on that side of the ball and how that can literally win them a series against any team in the NBA, just their defense. But um that's all I have for that series. I don't know if you have anything to add. But I mean, just looking at like the shooting numbers, um, Boston shot 33% and they lost by, by 12. I mean, the Bucks didn't shoot much better, but like you're gonna, you gotta expect the Celtics to obviously shoot way better than that. And they were just very sloppy, which they weren't in that first in the round one series against the Nets. Like, I don't know if that's more like, the Bucks turning them over, or if they're just they're like they're just playing sloppy because Jalen Brown had seven turnovers, which I mean you don't usually see from him. He doesn't. I mean he doesn't handle the ball like all that much or like a great amount like that. So seeing seven turnovers from him is kind of kind of weird. Yeah, and I I doubt we're gonna get many games that these teams are scoring like above 110 points. I think. Most of these games are going to be pretty low scoring and just grind them out games because both of these defenses are so good. But I think that'll make this series even more fun to watch because those are 
personally, those are my favorite games to watch and favorite teams to watch play. Yeah. All right, so moving on to the Golden State Memphis series. Um, this one was so entertaining as well. It was back and forth the whole game. We had Draymond Green getting ejected in the second quarter, and then uh, Jordan Poole just having another stellar playoff performance. And then on the other side, we had Jaron Jackson Jr. having his by far best playoff performance of his career, putting up 33-10. and 10. Uh, And then Ja had a great game, but ended up missing the game-winning layup. Um, but I want to hear your thoughts on this matchup and just the overall series, what you think is going to happen in this series and your pick, I guess. Um, well, I think the Warriors have to feel like semi-good about their chances. I mean, winning that, winning that game without Draymond for like the second half and then like withstanding two huge performances from John Jaron or JJJ um, was kind of big. Um, and you definitely didn't want, or, and then taking home core away from the Grizzlies is also just huge. Um, winning game one there too. But I mean, the Grizzlies just need Brooks and Bain to be better. They didn't provide that extra scoring that they, they usually do. And the scoring was kind of very unbalanced in this game, which is, you don't usually see from this Grizzlies team. It's usually a lot of people chipping in. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think the Warriors just have a really good plan. And they're like three shot creators. And uh, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Jordan Poole is just, they're just, those three are so dynamic and just so hard to cover. Like, even with the two very good perimeter defenders in Bain and, uh, Dylan Brooks, like the Grizzlies are gonna find out like how good like those three shot creators for the for the Warriors are. And it's just the series is gonna be super fun down the stretch, and I do think the series goes six, if not seven as well. So just another great second round matchup that we have. Yeah, I think Memphis's supporting cast was a big reason why Memphis couldn't stay ahead in this game. Looking at the numbers, Dylan Brooks shot 3 of 13. Desmond Bain was 1 of 5 from 3. And then, I mean, their bench didn't get like any production either. I know Brandon, Brandon Clark and DeAnthony Melton had decent games, but um, a lot of it was predicated on John Morant and Jaron Jackson scoring 67 of their 116 points which is not something you usually see from this Grizzlies team. Um, but for my pick for this series, I mean, I have Golden State going to the finals, and I personally think that they're going to win this series in five games. Not that I don't think these games are going to be competitive, but I just um, like the ability for Golden State to close out these close games with uh, Curry, Thompson, and Poole, and then just having Draymond Green uh, captain that defense down the stretch. I think it's going to be really tough for Memphis to win more than one game, and especially when you go to Golden State and 
playing their home court, I think. I think this series is going to be a lot shorter than a lot of people think, but that's just my opinion. Um, I think you're wrong there, but... Yeah, but that's just my opinion. and I just think I the Grizzlies just... I feel like round one against that uh, Minnesota team, Minnesota also had a lot of shot creators as well. Maybe not as dynamic as like Curry, but um, like I feel like that round one matchup was super good for them. Like going to the Warriors just because like Minnesota has a ton of offense, just like just like the Warriors do. So I feel like round one really battle tested this young Memphis team, and I feel like this series is definitely going to go six or seven. But I do think the Warriors end up winning. But I'm just I just don't think it's going five. Yeah, I just think that Minnesota is a team that beats themselves a lot, and I don't think Memphis is going to get that with Golden State. I think they're going to be a lot more consistent than Minnesota would be. <coughs> and I think Memphis is going to have to play their best basketball to win more than a game. So, I mean, it's definitely possible, but that's just my pick. And, I mean, obviously I think Bain and Brooks are going to shoot better and have better games, but I don't I don't see Jaron Jackson having another thirty three point game, so I mean I don't know, but this series is gonna be amazing to watch. I love watching Memphis's toughness out there and I don't think they're gonna go down easy even if it is a five or six game series. Yeah, um I, I just don't know because, like, this game was so close in, like, Memphis. Like, Ja got a shot that he, like, should have kind of, like, should have made, realistically. Um, and he even said, like, that's a look I get all the time and I, like, I should hit that. But, like, and they almost won this game shooting worse than the Warriors and getting two very bad performances from, like, their two, like, Two of their top scorers. I know Jaron did pour in 33 and played like his best game so far. But, and I mean, to that, I feel like Draymond leaving in the second half also kind of aided maybe Jaron's ability to score more. So if Draymond was there, maybe this game is a little more lopsided than what it, what it was. But um, I just think these teams are super even. Um, Memphis is just way younger and doesn't have the experience this Golden State team has, at least from the three stars on Golden State. Um, but yeah, I I just like this matchup a lot. So if are uh, the Warriors your pick to go to the finals, or is it the Suns? Oh, you're assuming I'm picking the Suns to win their series? Yeah. Um, I would probably say the Warriors, but I just, I don't think the Grizzlies, like if the Grizzlies did win the series, I think I'd pick the Grizzlies to go. Okay. Dang. All right. Are you good to move on to the next Eastern Conference series? Yeah, we can. All right. So last night we had Philadelphia and Miami playing game one without Joel Embiid. Um, obviously changes the series a whole lot and Miami was able to pull away late in this game. I know it was it was pretty close throughout the first half and then Miami ended up pulling away. 
Um, Tyler Hero had a super good game, pouring in 25 points. And then Bam, as usual, was just a steady 8 for 10 from the floor with 24 points. Um, And then on the Philadelphia side, obviously not having a bead, it's harder for their offense to produce, especially when throughout the year they're used to running their offense through Embiid. So, I mean, I think the biggest takeaway of this game is, or as a media, like the media's biggest takeaway was Doc Rivers' uh, lineup with DeAndre Jordan and him getting 17 minutes. I know there was a lot of controversy about that, and I'd have to agree with the media that DeAndre Jordan... I I mean I think he should get DMPs every night if I'm being honest but yeah I mean no doubt no doubt And then I saw a, like stat today that Philadelphia with DeAndre Jordan on the court was like a minus 17 and then with like Paul Reed on the court they're like a minus 2 and then with no center they're like a plus 9 or something So it just shows like doc you got to you got to take DeAndre Jordan out of this game and then he was playing him down the stretch too but uh, it's going to be interesting to see like the news on Joel Embiid throughout the series and when, when is he going to be able to come back. And then also, like is Harden going to be able to... I mean, he scored 16 points in this game, and I don't think he's scored like over 25 this whole playoffs. But I think for them to win a game without Embiid, like, by the time Embiid comes back, I think Harden's going to have to have one of those... like. 35-point triple-doubles or something like that for them to win. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, and I mean, they definitely need Harden to be like, be Harden. He can't shoot the ball 13 times. Like, If he's going to be your best player out there, you want him shooting more shots, and he just has to be more aggressive. Um, And a lot of it is like he's playing smart. Like Miami's kind of like surrounding him at the rim, and with their length, he just like, kicks it out when he knows he's like not going to be able to make the shot. So that's a lot of like his passiveness there. But like Philly needs him to like get in the lane, draw fouls and get these like heat defenders in foul trouble and try to keep him out of the game. And he's just not doing that, which is kind of weird. Um, but yeah, Joel Embiid not being here for the first two games is definitely tough. I mean, I don't know how the outcome of this first game would have been if he did play. But I would definitely say it would be closer than what it was. Um, another takeaway that I did have was, like, the Sixers small ball lineup, I saw something about it. It was, like, like with Niang in lineup with, like, Tobias, Danny Green, Maxi, and Harden. They were, like, like, that's the lineup that brought them back to, like, close out the second half. And then they didn't play that lineup again, like, in the set or that lineup brought him back to close out the first half, but they didn't play like at all in the second half that lineup. And that was by far like their best plus minus like lineup. Yeah, that's, that's the right the game, they were like which a is plus. just so weird like for Doc Rivers to go back to DeAndre Jordan after he like showed you that he wasn't doing anything. Yeah, that lineup was like a plus nine and got him back in the game in the first half and then in the second half he just stuck with his centers and they just, I mean. And I think, like, some of his reasoning is, like, he wants a quote-unquote lob threat for James Harden, but, like, DeAndre Jordan's not doing that anymore. Like, he literally is a liability on defense and offense. Like, he just 
he's just running out there basically. Yeah, and when you look at like DeAndre Jordan and Paul Reed, like those aren't even at this point, they're not even like quality backup centers in the league right now. So them getting like that much run in a playoff like semifinals, yeah. I mean, I don't think that's gonna win you many games. I mean, I don't know what you think about Paul Reed, but I think DeAndre Jordan, as we saw this year on the Lakers, is definitely pretty much unplayable at this point of in his career. And just, I mean, he's not good defensively anymore. He's not even that much of a lob threat anymore just because of his athleticism. And he's just not that good of an NBA player anymore. Yeah, I'm just confused how he keeps getting signed. Like, I don't know if it's like the pedigree that he once had. And I mean, Chris Paul really did make him as a player. He wasn't ever very good. Yeah, yeah. But without Chris, without Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan's never been, <laughs> never been much of anything. But yeah. So Doc and Doc's already said like he's sick into his guns. Like Jordan's gonna play in the next game too. But yeah, just, he said he said we like DeAndre Jordan here. <laughs> I don't know if maybe he's like saying that to like maybe get in the Heat's head a little bit. Like he's not actually gonna come out with that. But I don't know. As yeah. a Sixers fan, you can hope that's what he was like. He was joking. Because I don't know why you would even want to see DeAndre Jordan if you're a Sixers fan. Yeah, Sixers fans should be pushing for George Niang minutes as much as they can. Because <laughs> the, <laughs> that's the lineup that they're going to be able to compete the best with, I think, without Embiid on the court. But. I really hope we get Embiid back by the end of the series, and I mean, They're optimistic with, for Game Three. So yeah, so. with with Embiid in this series, I picked the Heat in six. But I mean, if he's not playing, I don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to win any games without Embiid. But I'm guessing you're picking the Heat no matter, no matter what, or if Embiid comes back, or you. I mean, if Embiid was here this whole series, I would have taken Philly, but... Oh, you would have? Okay. Going down 2-0 is just tough, especially when you don't have home court. Like, I mean, you wouldn't have home court no matter what, but... Going down 0-2 is definitely tough. Yeah. And this Heat team's just been playing super, super solid this whole playoff run. I do think if... I mean, James has to come out in Game 3 and get a win for them to, like, have a chance. Like, if Philly loses game two, it's over. So, I feel like already game two is a must win for the Sixers. Yeah. And I mean, I don't really see that happening. So, I'm picking the Heat for sure. Just got to be more aggressive. Tobias Harris is playing very good. You got to, got to help your boy. Yeah. Hopefully, Maxi can have a big game two like he was in the first round. Yeah. And that could, that could easily happen. Like, those three could score a ton of points and, win a game like I wouldn't be shocked yeah we'll see how their defense holds up too though without Embiid because even if Embiid was the scoring leader this year he's also one of the top defenders in the league as well so that hurts him on that side of the ball too alright so for for the last series that we have to talk about uh, the nightcap last night was game one of Dallas Phoenix um, Phoenix jumped out to a big lead in this game and were up by a 
pretty large amount most of this whole game. And then Dallas cut it down at the end, but really it wasn't super competitive throughout. Um, Luca Luca had 45, 12, and 8. And, I mean, his usage was way up there as usual. Um, and then, as usual, Phoenix was just spreading it around. Every Every one of their starters was in double figures. And Cam Johnson off the bench was also also put in 17 points. Um, I don't really have much to say about this game, but I mean the Suns are just super steady as they have been all year, and Luca's great. But I mean, I don't know how competitive you think the series is going to be. I got Phoenix in six, but I want to hear your thoughts on this series. Um, I mean, like I guess I was seen on Twitter like Suns fans saying Luca like dropped forty five, twelve and eight, and Mavericks like didn't win. They have no shot at like winning the series. But like Luca didn't really get any help. Also, like I know it wasn't competitive, but like Luca also didn't have like any help. Jalen Brunson struggled. And I do think that's because of, like, the length that Phoenix does have, and maybe that, like, he will struggle for this whole series because of that. But I feel like he could find a way to maybe figure that out. Dinwiddie did, like, nothing. Um, So I do think there's some bright spots if you're a Mavericks fan. Like, maybe Luka's not going to give you an incredible game like he did, but he also very well could just because he's that good. And he has, like, shown that he plays that good in the playoffs. So, like, if he can get help for four of these games, they could easily win, the, like, four games in this series and win the series. Um, but I do think... I'm actually going to take the Mavericks to win this series, especially if they win oh, game gosh. two. I, I, think, I think they actually do win the series if they win game two tomorrow night. So... That is, and I'm going to stick take. to my, I'm going to stick to my gut that the Mavericks win this series, and Luca goes to the Western Conference Finals. Wow. I mean, if any if any player right now could do it and carry a team past like the best team in the league, it is Luca, just with his playoff pedigree, and then also just what Dallas did against Utah without Luca last series, and I think Jalen Brunson is like turning into a star this playoff run and I think he'll bounce back from game one um but I mean I can't pick Dallas just because of how steady Phoenix has been and then just watching last night's game I feel like Mikhail Bridges is just that guy is absolutely insane like for this Phoenix team like I know we talk about Booker and Paul just how dominant they can be as a backcourt and closing out games but Mikhail Bridges and his ability to defend like the best perimeter players on the other team night to night they had him on Brunson yeah and Brunson couldn't do anything last night just because Bridges just he's everywhere and his length is just yeah he's incredible takes away so much for the other team's offense and then just being able to he just does so much for this team, and I think he's one of the most underrated players in our league. Um, I mean, he only scored 13 points last night, but I think 
he was one of the most impactful players in that game. And then Booker had a great game, but yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to Mikhail because I think without him, yeah, without him, this Phoenix team would be look a lot different, and he's the reason why I think they're one of the better teams in the last few years. But yeah, and another point we should hit is just like how dominant Aiton could be in the series, and like they were force feeding him last night to go get buckets for them and take advantage of Dallas not having that true big. And I do think that's one of Dallas's, like when you look at this Dallas team, they are very, very good, but they obviously need to address the center position, which I do think they will do this off season. It just depends on who they do get Rudy. Um, but if they did have like a true big, I feel like, like that definitely takes Dallas to like another level, especially if you get like a defensive monster, like Rudy, like yeah. this team would be really, really good. Yeah, and just like Chris Paul being the point guard for the Suns, like he forces Aiden to be dominant because he gets Aiden the ball where he needs to to just get easy looks. And like a lot of teams, like in this matchup, they'd have they could have a dominant big, but like the guard like running the offense won't get that big man easy looks to get easy buckets for that team, but. Chris Paul just makes it so easy for Aiden to like get those looks, as he did all of the New Orleans series. Just Aiden had a lot of easy looks, and Paul made it that much easier for Aiden. So, I mean, I think Aiden's an, an, an amazing player, but I think, obviously, as people say all the time, Chris Paul is the main reason how he dominates so many games. So, yeah, definitely, Chris Paul's amazing like he doesn't score that much but he's like one of if not the most like efficient guard in the league and just like knows what to do situationally like getting people the ball and like he knows when to not and like he never has like i guess been like that super scorer but he knows when to not like overshoot the ball like especially in the clutch like he's one of the most clutch players um but like he knows like, even though he is, like, he definitely, like, trusts his, like, teammates to go make those shots as well. And I feel like he's definitely pushed Booker to another level, like, being there, like, just, like, I feel like Chris Paul's definitely in his ear, like, all the time, like, telling him how good he is and, like, what he should do. So I feel like Chris Paul's, just, like, just super important to this team and to the growth of A and, and Booker. And even Mikhail, maybe to some extent. Yeah, this this team has just got so much uh, depth, and everybody plays their role so well that even if they're not having a good shooting night, they're not gonna beat themselves in other ways, and they're gonna give themselves a chance to win almost every single night. So, and then when you have that, and along with that, you have Booker and Paul to close out close games. Um, they're just really tough to beat four times in a series. But as you said, Luca, and this Dallas team, I mean, you believe in them. And <laughs> I mean, I believe, I believe in them to an extent, but I'd be pretty shocked if they came out and won this series. But The Suns are a very, very good team. So, I mean, definitely Mavericks are definitely the 
a weird pick. Um, maybe that's me just wanting to be out of the box. Maybe I do just fully believe in this team and believe in Luca and his ability to be a top five player in the league. So, yeah, I think I think even if Luca is the best player in the series, I think it's going to be really tough for Dallas. Just like in those Clippers series, Luca was the best player on the court. I mean, other than Kawhi in those last two games, but it's really tough for Luka to carry this team by himself, especially against the most steady team in the league. But I think we have... I mean, I'm not too thrilled to watch the Miami-Philly series without Embiid, but I think we have some amazing semifinal series. And, I mean, I'll run through my picks real quick, and then you can run through yours. I know we probably stated them a little bit but I got Milwaukee in seven I got Golden State in five I got Miami in five and I got Phoenix in six I had Milwaukee in seven um but after winning game one I'm gonna say Milwaukee in six um and then I have Dallas in seven and I have the Warriors in six and then I have the Heat in six. Well, so a lot of late series. Yeah, long series, which is good. Yeah, the the longer the series, the better. But I mean, I think all these series should give us a lot of good basketball and competitive basketball. But and like we're gonna have two like amazing conference finals matchups, which is just. Oh yeah, no matter Amazing. what. Amazing. So it's it's like kind of crazy. Like each of these teams and like the eight remaining teams, each of these teams has like a legit chance to make the conference finals. And like most years you can't say that. Most years you have a lopsided like con- like uh conference semifinals, but yeah. this year like I'd consider Philadelphia like the biggest underdog right now because of Embiid being out or maybe Dallas, but like if Embiid returns, Philly could definitely win the series. And like you picked Dallas could definitely win their series, but like all these series are like, you can't just pick a team with complete confidence. Like you got to watch each of these series to figure out who's going to win. So I think that's going to be super entertaining for the league and hopefully continues on with how deep the league has been this year that it just continues to be a super deep league. I mean, the league just keeps getting deeper, which is amazing. All right, well, I think we covered all we wanted to. Do you have anything else before close out this episode? I don't think so. I mean, we just wanted to get an episode out since we haven't recorded in a very long time. And we promised to get a recording out like four games into round one so yeah yeah, we we got busy with some stuff but yeah finishing up school and all that stuff yeah so we should be back though but yeah we should be more consistent with the rest of the playoffs and hopefully more active on twitter once we yeah definitely get more locked into these series but i mean i know we're both super excited for the finishing touches of these playoffs. I mean, 
and just an amazing season so far. So, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you all next episode. Hope you enjoyed. See you guys.